Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today our lesson starts with Book 4 of the Psalms. According to W. Robert Godfrey's book, Learning to Love the Psalms, book one is titled, The King's Confidence in God's Care. That book has Psalms of David and anonymous Psalms in them. Book two is The King's Commitment to God's Kingdom. The majority of those are written by King David with one from Asaph, seven from the sons of Korah, and it ends with a Psalm of Solomon. And due to the wording in the psalm, it seems to be written by King David for King Solomon. Last week, we covered book three, which Godfrey entitles, The King's Crisis Over God's Promises. Only one psalm in that book is of David. Eleven are by Asaph, four of the sons of Korah, and one each by the musicians Heman and Ethan the Ezraite. Book three were mainly laments with a crisis of faith for the psalmist. Psalm 89's last question was, Where are you, former loving kindnesses, O Lord, which you swore to David in your faithfulness? That's found in verse 49. And once again, Godfrey says that book four sets the stage to answer that question. Book 4 starts with the Psalm 90 of Moses, which makes it possibly the oldest song in the Psalms. Two other Psalms are listed of David, Psalm 101 and 103, and the others are all anonymous. Godfrey labels Book 4 the King's Comfort in God's Faithfulness, with Psalms 90 through 94 emphasizing comfort in the greatness of God, the Creator and Redeemer. Godfrey states, Book 4 reminds us that even if the promises to David appear to fail, everything we know about God testifies that God's promises never fail. As with each book, there is an individual psalm and a corporate psalm to start. But in book four, it starts with a corporate psalm and then it goes to an individual psalm. This psalm of Moses, the man of God, starts, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Then it goes into, before creation, you are God. Warren Wearsby, a theologian, said in a lecture at Trinity Evangelical School that point number one to this psalm is that God is our home. He has never left us. In Strophe 2, which is verses 3 through 6, we see the short lifespan of humanity. And then that theme carries into the next strophe, verses 7 through 12. In this section, Moses puts the human lifespan to 70 years, and if you are strong, then possibly 80 years. Now remember, this is poetry, so he can't quote this section and use it as a rule or as a law of God. We know people die younger. For instance, Jesus died in his 30s, and we know that some people don't die until they're 100. 
But Moses is making a point that our time is limited here on this earth. We then have verse 12, which is probably the key verse of this psalm. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart to wisdom. This is one of the reasons why I label this psalm as wisdom, but some may label it as a praise psalm. Warren Wiersbe's point too is that life is our school. Then the last strophe, which is verses 13 through 17, ask the Lord to return, to be sorry for your servants, to satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness, and to make us glad according to the days that you have afflicted us, the years that we have seen evil. Then the prayer cries out to see the work of God and his majesty. Moses prays for the Lord's favor to be upon the congregation and that God would establish or confirm the work of their hands. Wearsby says that point three is the future is our friend. In this psalm, we see the theme of time. It starts off in the past. You have been our dwelling place. We then see how fleeting life is. And then it prays for God's blessing upon the work of their hands as God allows his work and majesty to appear to their children. Psalm 91 is untitled and it begins, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Again, that theme that we are at home when we dwell with the Lord is shown in this next psalm. The first strophe, verses 1 through 4, the, the psalmist is encouraging us to seek refuge in God. Then verses 5 through 10, and then verses 11 through 13, talk of the benefits of God's protection when we see him as our dwelling place, our refuge. One interesting point is that Satan uses verses 11 and 12 to tempt Jesus. We see that in Matthew chapter 4 verses 5 through 7. He leaves out, however, 11b, to guard you in all your ways. This gives an example of how Satan and people can take a passage out of context and make it say what they want it to say. Here, Satan says, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down because God's going to protect you. That's why we need to keep in mind what kind of writing is it? This is a psalm. And what is it saying within the context that it is written in? Jesus responds to Satan by saying, it is also written, you shall not put the Lord to the test. And Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. Then Psalm 91 ends with a change of voice. Verses 14 through 16, the psalmist has God speaking to us, to the reader. And it says, Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. 
Interestingly, God doesn't promise a life of no trouble. He promises to be with us in the trouble. And who is God with? The one who loves him. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament say, The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus quotes this in Matthew 22 verses 37 through 39. Psalm 91 may be a wisdom psalm. It has a refuge theme, so it could be a praise psalm as God is our protector. Psalm 92 may also be praise or even celebration for the Sabbath day. Psalm 90 and 91 both talk of finding refuge in the Lord. And that is one of the purposes of resting in the Sabbath. We rest in him. In Psalm 90, we see a cry to actually see the work of God and to have God establish our work. And then Psalm 92, the psalmist sees God at work and he cries out with thanksgiving. I really like how Psalm 92 starts. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness at night. It reminds me to start and end my day with prayer. How have I seen God at work throughout my day? And sometimes I fall asleep thinking through my day and how God has guided me. And then in the morning, I need to thank him for the gift of sleep because sometimes we don't always get that gift and for his protection and his watch care as I sleep and to lay before him all of the things on my to-do list for that day so that I can eagerly watch what he will do. We see the work of God's hands in verses 4 and verse 5. There is a touch of imprecatory that God will handle the enemies. And then in verse 10, we see a hint of the king being mentioned. For King David was anointed with oil from a horn. We still see the theme of being planted in the house of the Lord. He is our refuge, even until old age. Verse 14, thank the Lord. Verse 15 in Psalm 92 with to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Ladies, our God is our refuge and we can trust him because he is good. Psalm 93 is anonymous and it seems to be a psalm of praise. We see the theme of the Lord reigning on his throne and his reign is forevermore even though the floodwaters have lifted up. Many times in my life, I have thought, just keep your head above the water, Julie. You got this. Just breathe. You'll get through. And that's what this psalm is saying. Why and how can we get through? Because the Lord is on high. He's above the waters. And he is mighty. And then our last psalm of the day is a lament or an imprecatory. Sometimes when those waters seem to be reaching our neck, they are due to life circumstances, but sometimes they are due to people and enemies amongst us. Psalm 94 starts, O Lord, God of vengeance, 
God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth, and render judgment to the proud. Then the question, how long? In verses 3 through 7, the psalmist cries out to God, how long? Then in verses 8 through 11, the psalmist cries out to the enemy and reminds them that our lives are a mere breath before God. Then verses 12 through 16, the psalmist declares those who are blessed. They are the ones who the Lord chastens and whom the Lord teaches. And then verses 17 through 23 declare that the Lord is his helper. The Lord held him up through his loving kindness. And the Lord has been his stronghold. Past tense. The Lord is his refuge present tense, and the Lord will destroy the enemy, future tense. The Lord, our God, will destroy them. There is hope in the future because of what God has done in the past, his works in the present, and also because of who he is. He is righteous and he is faithful. The verse that struck me in Psalm 94 is verse 19. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. Ladies, we all have anxious thoughts. The question is, what do we do with them? The psalmist chooses to focus on God's blessing, like his protection and like how he fights for us and like how he keeps our heads above water. And when we focus on God and his blessings, that helps our anxious thoughts. Remember the key is loving him. And that is easy to do when we remember how much he loves us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. Ladies, you are loved with an everlasting love. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His love is the one promise that is unconditional. So, ladies, if you hear his voice today, especially as you read through these psalms, don't harden your hearts like the enemies of the Lord did. Instead, let's be women who pray and obey and praise his holy name. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.